Have you ever heard of a show called Orange is the New Black? No. No. It's, it's a good show. And it takes place in a jail with all women. What do you think that would be like? Sad. Why? We're girls. We're girls. We're girls. So what does that mean? We feel sad because the girls are going to jail, boys aren't. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been to jail? No. Too young. Hey, yum's the word. Haven't you heard? The yum's the word. It was started by a bird. My name is Robin. And her hair has lots of curls. Actually, I blow it out a lot. True stories, some awkward. Like wetting the bed next to your boyfriend. Pretty funny and absurd. Like your boss tickling your side boob. So welcome all you nerds. And cool people too. This is for everyone. Except kids. Yum's the word. Hey everybody, welcome to Yum's the Word. I'm Robin Gelfenbein, and at the top you heard my six-year-old niece Morgan talking about the slammer. Now as you may know, Orange is the New Black Season 4 is back on Netflix this Friday. I love Orange. It is such a great show. And we've been lucky to have some stars from that show tell stories on our show. So we're going to feature those stories all month long on the podcast. Plus, on each episode of the podcast, you'll get to hear a multi-part interview I did with Kathy Curtin, who plays Corrections Officer Wanda Bell on Orange. Here's part one of our chat with Kathy talking about Orange and a conversation she had with a casting director about the show. And you're certainly on a show that celebrates women yeah, in a huge way. Yeah, in a huge way. And celebrates body parts. Mm-hmm. Celebrates women's bodies. Like, all women, all men, all bodies... All sizes and shapes are beautiful. And it's so helpful, you know, for L.A. to really see that. (laughs) Like, I asked a casting director why they thought, you know, just chatting. And I said, why do you think Orange um, is the New Black is cast in New York? And she said to me, because it couldn't be cast in L.A. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. That's a very cool answer because everybody's too, like, you know, quaffed and, too, quaffed and fake and bodied out and, and Botoxed and six packed, abbed out. And wow. New Yorkers are like, yeah, I got a little body fat and I'm going to have some gluten tonight. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. That was Kathy Curtin. You can find Kathy on Twitter and Instagram at Kate Curtin. That's C-A-T-E-C-U-R-T-I-N. And you can check out more of my interview with her on the next few podcast episodes. She'll talk about what her mom thinks about her career, how Orange has influenced her perspective on the prison system, and of course, flying vaginas. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single one of those. All right, up next is a hilarious story from the one and only Jason Biggs. Jason is an actor who starred in the American Pie movies. He recently starred in the Heidi Chronicles on Broadway. And he, of course, played Larry Bloom on the hit Netflix series Orange is the New Black. Jason told the story back in December when I asked all of the storytellers, who, by the way, were all Gentiles, a bunch of Jewish trivia questions. This is his story about the time he really grappled with his moral compass. What's up, Jews? (laughs) 
Um, can everyone see the monitors? This first picture, that's me. Very handsome, dapper. That's a photo of me taken on the red carpet at the uh, PETA Awards, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, um, where I was given an award for Humanitarian of the Year. Thank you very much. Please, you can applaud. Thank you. Thanks, baby. Well, I'm a foodie. I hate the fucking term, but uh, I'm a foodie. Um, I love food. I love, I will eat anything. I will try anything. But as is the craze nowadays, um, I'd like to know where my food came from. Um, have some idea of its origins, at least. You know, I've totally embraced the whole farm-to-table movement. I'm a fan. I also happen to have a friend. His name is Bradley Wayne. And uh, he is a big hunter. And I became friends with this guy in Los Angeles. He's a, uh, he's a baseball player, uh, a Major League Baseball player, because I'm friends with only the best. And, <laughs> and he's a Little League player. He's eight. No. Uh, <laughs> I'm from New Jersey. I'm from Bergen County, from the tri-state area. Thanks, Mom. We don't, <clears throat> we don't hunt. We don't gather. We go to ShopRite, we cut coupons, and we buy unethical meat and cheeses, and it's horrible and delicious. And uh, so I'm in Los Angeles for many, many years, and, and as happens with ball players, they tend to go where the money is. And so I met this guy in Los Angeles, and I wouldn't have normally, but he was there, and I, I became really good friends with him. And he's actually the best guy. He's one of my best buddies. Um, but we come from totally different backgrounds. Now, he's from Oklahoma, and he has a 2,000-acre ranch. I'm like, 2,000 acres? That's like Bergen County. That's like where I... I'm like, you're going to be... That's like Manhattan. Um, but he owns, which he paid like $8 for uh, in Oklahoma, and he was always talking about it, and he would always invite me, and he would show me these pictures of him bow hunting and all the things that he shot and killed. And it all looked very barbaric and manly and all things I was not. And, but also, I was kind of intrigued. And what really sort of got me interested uh, was him talking about eating it. And he would talk to me about the elk, the venison, and the things that he would do, the cuts of meat, um, the stews and the sausages and the fillets and the this and the sous vide and the, all this stuff that he would do. And it, it really sort of spoke to my culinary desires and my burgeoning sort of interest in, uh, you know, learning about the origins of my food. And it also spoke to my sort of desire to really kind of try anything and do anything. He invited me to go and I said, I'll go, I'll fucking do it. So my wife knows this whole story, so I may like look at her at some point and be like, now what, what part is it now? I should skip ahead? Why do you look half asleep? I'm just kidding. He invites me to the ranch. I want to tell you the people that I'm going to the ranch with now in Oklahoma. I'm going with Bradley Wayne. Uh, I'm going with uh, Chuck Liddell, who is a UFC fighter, the dude with the mohawk. You know that guy? Uh, I'm going with uh, a guy named Dwayne. I'm going with I'm going with a guy I nicknamed Silent John. I can't tell you why we call him that. He didn't talk. That's why I call him 
Oh, I'm going with men. I mean, these are like real fucking like men. And then there's me, like this little like Jewy looking dude from Jersey. I'm like totally out of my league, but I love these guys. These are some of the best guys you'll ever meet. But I already am a fish out of water. And we get to Oklahoma and, you know, we get picked up at the airport by like his cousin Billy Bob and some huge pickup truck and I literally rode from the airport to the ranch in the back of the pickup truck with the luggage I mean it was just like right up right away I was like yeah I'm in Oklahoma um so we get to this ranch now it is it is beautiful I mean it's 2,000 acres which is really just kind of hard to imagine it stretches as far as the eye can see now, again, I'm going here with, like, really good intentions. I'm thinking about Mother Earth. I'm thinking about Mother Nature. I'm thinking about where does my food come from. I'm thinking about carbon emissions. I'm thinking about all the fucking good things in life. And the first thing I notice on his 2,000-acre property is a giant fucking oil rig. <laughs> I'm like, dude, do you... What is, is, do you have oil rigs in your yard? And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, the property's so big, we lease it out to, like, oil companies and stuff. So right away, I'm like, this is great. So I'm, like, contributing to fracking, and I'm like, well, whatever, whatever. The goal is I'm going to get an elk, I'm going to get it humanely, right, which is to say it's free, it's roaming, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, uh, it's le leading a happy life. The meat's going to be healthy. And also, I'm going to provide for my family. I mean, this kind of spoke to some core sort of primal, like I'm going to hunt and gather and provide for my family, which, you know, in Bergen County means, you know, getting the paper and a coffee on a Sunday morning, you know? That was my other question. I was like, so Brad, they're 800 pounds. Like, it's fucking huge. I mean, massive. Do I check it in? Do I, do I carry it on? Do I buy a seat for it? Do I have, like, the head? I'll fly it first class. I mean, I really want to take care of. And he's like, we're going to ship it to you. Fucking idiot. And, um, but I, he's like, do you have a freezer? And I was like, well, yeah, I have a freezer. I have a beautiful Sub-Zero. <laughs> he's like, no, like a fucking freezer. So I had to go and buy, like, an elk freezer uh, at Best Buy or wherever. Actually, Best Buy doesn't have them. Try walking into a Best Buy in Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm about to shoot an elk in Oklahoma. Where can I put it? Do you have a... Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so I bought this freezer like on Amazon or something. And I set it up in the garage before I ever left for Oklahoma. So now we're in Oklahoma and we get there. And I'm kind of picturing in my head, I had this sort of romantic idea of what the whole weekend was going to be. I pictured like kind of last of the Mohicans, kind of living off the land, campfires, cooking outside. None of that happened. It was, he had this gorgeous house. <laughs> I mean, mind you, there were oil rigs everywhere, but it was like a very contemporary, modern, you know, existence for the weekend. We would wake up, we would drink beers, we would hang out, we would play Cards of Humanity, and then he would be like, do you want to go search the property for some elk? And I'd be like, yeah, that's why I'm here, so let's do that. And so we would go around and we would search. Now, we were there about four days, and it was around day two, I think, that it really sort of 
occurred to me that the elk, wild isn't the word necessarily. He raises them. So, listen, 2,000 acres is really big. It's not like they were corralled in like a tiny little pen and I went up and shot it in its temple, okay? We had to fucking look for these things. But it occurred to me, because he started saying, oh, I know which elk you're gonna get. You're gonna get the whatever guy. And I was like, how the fuck does he know what elk I'm gonna get? Like, it could be any elk, I mean. And he started like describing the elk to me and I'm like, wait, are you boys with this elk? Like, do you know this elk? And he's like, well, yeah, I mean, he's the son of this and that and we, and I'm like, does he have a fucking name? He did. <laughs> but that's not the point. The point is that he raises these elk and then he lets them go on his property. So it's more like the most dangerous game and less like, less like Last of the Mohicans. It's sort of Hunger Games-y. Listen, it, it might not have been the most natural environment, but I still, again, good intentions. I know that when I shoot and kill Bob, that I am gonna eat every ounce of him. That to me is within my moral compass. That's, that to me is the whole fucking point of this thing. So we can't find these fucking elk. It takes three days before we finally spot any elk. Now, Dwayne, remember Dwayne? He is also going to be, they say, taking an elk. That's a lingo. Um, like, where are you going to take it? <laughs> Brad did assure me, though, that my elk was way bigger uh, and would provide more meat. He also said that people pay, like, good money to, like, go and hunt a specific, like, animal. So, like, Brad had, like, pictures of these animals, and he would, like, sell the elk to hunters to come on the property and hunt the elk. Apparently this elk was like $40,000 or something. I didn't have to pay for it, so. Anyway, I think it's important to note that at this point, I've never shot a gun in my life. So Brad says, let me take you to my gun safe. And I'm thinking it's gonna be this, you know, open a little door and there's like eight rifles in there. The gun safe is a room. It's like one of these right? Opens the fucking door and you walk in and it is fucking every gun you can imagine. Yay, guns. Um, and so now I'm starting to get a little fucking freaked out. But anyway, I, I take target practice and I'm horrible. I mean, just fucking terrible. Anyway, I'm starting to get really, really nervous because I'm asking him, like, how close do you think we'll get? Because a part of me is like, all right, he's telling me he, like, owns these elk. He's raised them. It's on his property. They seem kind of friendly. So I'm like, are we, I don't want to, like, walk up to it and shoot it. That seems horribly immoral to me. But at the same time, I'm a terrible shot. So I don't want to be too far away. So I don't want to shoot the wrong elk, because that's the other thing. He's like, it's probably going to be in a herd. And he's like, and he said, he goes, don't shoot the wrong elk, because if you shoot the wrong elk, it might be one that I've already sold for $50,000 to someone else. 
So I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, that's crazy pressure, crazy pressure. So anyway, we're supposed to fly back Sunday evening. Sunday morning, we haven't seen a fucking, we saw one elk. We haven't seen any other elk. We haven't seen my elk. Sunday morning, someone goes out on the property, takes a little ATV ride and comes back all excited. I think it was Silent John. He found the herd, which included my elk. So we all like get our gear on. He was like trying to put me in like camo stuff. Everything was too big for me. I mean, I just look like a fucking asshole. I mean, these guys are all like equipped. And I'm just like, uh, oh, my glasses, my glasses, you know, like <laughs> such a fucking nerd. And I'm like shaking. I'm like, shit, this is my trigger hand. And it's a fucking nightmare. So anyway, another little thing I think is important. To, <laughs> I was thinking about this uh, was uh, the whole weekend. I'm also thinking that we're going to be like eating elk or like stuff that we've hunted or that he's hunted in the past almost every meal was sonic burger someone would go out and come back with a bag of fucking sonic burger and i was like this is not it is fucking good though if you haven't had sonic burger it's fucking delicious so anyway so uh we take the atv out to the far corner of his property and we get off the atv and we see like in a clearing there is a big herd of elk some of them are sitting down, some of them are standing up. There's probably 10 at least of them, including the elk that I'm supposed to shoot and the elk that Dwayne is supposed to shoot. Dwayne is a skilled hunter. He's shot 50 elk in his lifetime. I haven't pulled the trigger 50 times, period. His elk is literally lined up in profile with like a fucking target on his back, like, shoot here. My elk is like facing right at me, kind of like looking at me like, go ahead, fucking try it. Go for it. This elk right here costs $100,000. And I'm sitting there and, and Brad is like, all right guys, line up. And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean line up? Dwayne gets down, he like crawls into the grass because he had a perfect shot. I, he gave me like a little cheat kind of like tripod thing that I could like this, that I can put like my gun on. I was still like shaking so fucking much and I'm like looking through the scope and, uh, and Brad says, all right, Dwayne is gonna shoot first cause he has a shot and he's probably gonna take down his elk. At which point all of the other elk are gonna start running. Jason, as soon as that happens, shoot your elk. <laughs> I'm like, where the fuck am I? What am I doing? This is fucking retarded. I can't be here. Oh, freaking out. So <laughs> everyone's quiet. All of a sudden, boom. His elk, I assume, goes out. I don't know. I've got mine in my scope. Brad's just like, don't, don't let him leave your scope. Don't let him leave your scope. Don't let him leave your eyes. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not. And he starts running this way. I'm like, I got him. I got him. I got him. I got him. I, I took a shot and I fucking held my breath. And I just kind of like looked up, looked down, looked through the scope, looked up. I was like, Brad, Brad, did we get him? Did we get him? He's like, I think you might've hit him. I don't know, I think you might've hit him. Turns out I hit him in his ass, which does not bring down an 800 pound elk. Now, I really wanted to do this humanely, morally. I wanted to feel good about this. And right away, he's like, 
run, 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 come with me, come with me. We gotta go, we gotta shoot him again. And I'm like, all right, but where is he now? All the other elk have run off because none of them have bullets in their asshole. So they run off. My one elk is now kind of, I maimed him, I fucking maimed him. And he's like, he, I guess, like scampers off her. And I'm already like kind of crying, but I, but I also have like some of like the blood, like, I'm like, yeah, I fucking fucking maimed him. Meanwhile, the other elk is like dead, one shot done. They're like already cutting him open, bagging him up, like making sausage. And I'm like running through the fucking clearing. And so we fucking, we find the elk and it's not, this is not, by the way, that shot was probably about 150, 180 yards. This shot is a lot less. It's really kind of fucking sad at this point. Cause I'm like, oh my God, he's hurt. And I'm like, what do I do? And I could, cause I could really like see his face at this point. And I'm like, Man, this sucks. And Brad's like, you fucking shot him in the air. You gotta kill him. Like, you have to kill him. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. I put my tripod up. I get the rifle. And I, and I, and I, I lined it up. And I took a deep breath. And I pulled the trigger. And I shot him right where they want you to shoot him. Which is not in the asshole. But right behind, right between the shoulder blades. And I fucking got him. And he went right down. When you see these things, like, in the in the wild. <laughs> I mean, they're big, but like you get next to them and they are really fucking huge. It was really kind of sad and awful, but also again, kind of like exciting. One of the first things I did was I called Jenny and I called her, bless you, and I called, please don't do that again. And I called her <laughs> and, and she is like climax kind of, you know, I'm like trying to, and I called her <laughs> Like, oh my God, baby, I did it, I did it. And she, she was like, well, you did what, you did what? And she knew obviously I was going on this trip and she didn't really think that I was gonna end up doing it though. I think she thought I was gonna get there and probably just be, you know, puss out and just not do it. And I was like, baby, I did it, I shot the elk. I'm standing over him now. Oh my God, I'm standing over him. I killed him. She's like, oh my God, what'd you do, one shot? And I was like, yeah, one shot. One shot, one shot, he went down. And Brad's like, he didn't, and I'm like, one shot. <laughs> Baby, I'm a good shot, it turns out. And uh, I was like, all right, I gotta go. We gotta like get him out of here. I gotta carry him out of the woods or I gotta eat his liver or, or something. I gotta like drink his blood. For, I love you, bye. And I, like hung up and Brad looks at me and he's like, you gotta shoot him again. <laughs> I was like, I was like, what? why do you guys shoot him? He's like, he's still breathing. And I was like. So now this shot is like the weirdest fucking shot because you're literally just like standing over him. It's so like, it's so Quentin Tarantino, you know? You're just like. <laughs> and it's kind of fucked up, but it's also kind of awesome. Yeah, I was crying. Thanks, baby. Thank God you're here. I did get very emotional and I cried. I cried while I was still on the phone with you. I got kind of choked up. Um, and then after that final shot, I did cry. It was kind of this cathartic kind of, it was like an experience. It was the same kind of cry like when my kid was born. Is that weird? <laughs> just like this kind of overwhelming, I can't believe I just participated in this experience kind of a cry. Anyway, I get this fucking meat home, finally. This is my elk, I'm gonna serve it, I'm gonna cook it. And I would have people over all the time 
to uh, have barbecues and have my elk burgers. And one time something fucking crazy happened, which I um, had a plumbing issue at the house. They had to come. They had to do some work. They were working kind of outside, and I kind of left the house and came back later that day, talked to them. They said everything was fine. Great. Thank you very much. About three days later, I have this wonderful elk dinner planned. Microgreens I grew in the yard, artisanal rolls with butter from, you know, like single utter butter cows and, you know, made with eggs from my, like, friends' chickens in their coop in the backyard. An elk that I hunted and killed in Oklahoma. And I go out to the freezer to get the cuts of elk that I wanted, and I immediately smell something when I walk into the, to the garage and my heart fucking sinks because I know what it is right away. And I go to the freezer and I open it up and everything is fucking defrosted. Everything. And it stinks and it's horrible and everything's spoiled. The plumbers had unplugged the freezer to plug in one of their appliances out in the garage and they didn't plug it back in when they were done. So three days went by. I cried so fucking hard. Like, for real. It really, it really fucked me up. Um, I felt like I didn't do him justice. The truth of the matter was, I did. I mean, I ate a lot of the meat. Um, I had an experience uh, like I hadn't had before. I had a real story I get to share here at this wonderful event. Thank you, Robin. Um, but I was left with this meal, microgreens and rolls and all this shit, and you know, the only thing I could think to get, of course, was Sonic Burger. So, anyway, thanks a lot, guys. I love how his wife Jenny called him up for crying. And that story cracks me up. You can find Jason on Twitter at Jason Biggs and on his show with Jenny on Sirius XM called Jason and Jenny on Radio Andy Channel 102. His wife, Jenny, by the way, has a new book out called Live Fast, Die Hot. So pick one up. You can also hear Jason playing Goy to the World and the Spelling Maccabee on our podcast episode from last December called Jesus Steals Our Thunder. I quizzed him on Yiddish and some other fun Jewish trivia. And since we're in the Orange is the New Black Spirit, our next live show on Tuesday, July 12th follows suit. Not only will Kathy Curtin and another special guest from the show be there, but Kathy's love interest on the show, O'Neill, played by Joel Marsh Garland, will be telling a funny true story from his life. I cannot wait to hear it. I heard he is an absolute riot. Tickets for that show will go fast, so grab those and details at yumsthewordshow.com. I hope you can join us for funny true stories, Mad Libs, and of course, my homemade ice cream cakes. Because guess what? July is National Ice Cream Month. My favorite month of the year. The stories you just heard were recorded live at Le Poisson Rouge in New York City. The podcast is produced by me, Robin Gelfenbein, and Alex Fulton, who wrote some of the music. And the theme song is by Mark Radcliffe. Special thanks to Vince Fairchild, Matt Fiddler, Michael Cedar, Danny Ortiz, Megan Deneen, Talia Sharon, Carly Patrone, Jenna Levine, and of course, Morgan. I'm Robin Gelfenbein. Thanks for listening. Hope you get a piece. Enjoy season four of Orange is the New Black. And until next time, 
you were talking about your father having, um, you said he was an entrepreneur? Yes. And you said he had a motto? His motto was, uh, if you're going to build something, keep your nuts small. Mm-hmm. You don't need a big overhead. What's the motto again? You just wanted to hear her say, keep your nuts small. <laughs> keep your nuts small. Oh, is that it? Alex, you know me so well. Oh, my God. Here comes the world. 